Alhamdulillahi wa kafa Wassalamu ala ibadihi alladhi nastafa Amma ba'd Fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Walladhina jahadu fina Lanahdiyannahum subulana Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim One of the most phenomenal features of the universe is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided within it for all of our needs. Every single need that the human body has, there is a resource for it in the external universe. I have a need for oxygen. Oxygen is present in the external universe. I have a need need for my lungs to be able to breathe in that oxygen. I have lungs that can engage with that external universe. In my blood, I have the need to be able to bind that oxygen. I have very specific molecules that are designed exactly to perfectly bind oxygen at certain points, take oxygen to other places, and release oxygen in those places. I have a need to nourish my body with meat and fiber and carbohydrates and all of these things that are necessary for my body to be maintained are all present in the world around me. Even though we're two distinct domains, my creation is one domain, the world around me is a separate domain, yet everything is perfectly balanced by Allah such that every need has a resource. Honestly, it's worth reflecting on how is it that in my body I have receptors that so specifically bind the vitamins that are present growing on trees that are totally disconnected from me, growing in plants that are totally disconnected from me. I'm biting an orange. I'm digesting the orange. The vitamin C in that orange is coming into my blood. It's going to my cells. And some the cells which are blind to the world outside are perfectly binding that vitamin C and bringing it inside of me in order to be able to provide benefit. Every single need that my body has, food, clothing, shelter, companionship, every single need is perfectly fulfilled by this multidimensional universe around me. I need a certain amount of energy of light to come and to hit my skin, and when it hits my skin, that vitamin D gets released, and it's able, I'm able to then use that for the rest of my body. I mean, who told the sun to shoot such a perfect arrow 
from so far away that the sun is just literally shooting, shooting, shooting these photons of light, these arrows, this energy, and the energy at this perfect level, at the perfect precise amount, hits my skin, unleashes a molecule, and that's what allows me to be able to uh, you know, maintain my calcium as an example. SubhanAllah. Who tells, the, who tells the sun to send just the perfect amount of light? That enough that I can see, not so little that I'm blind, and not so much that my eyes are damaged. Where did that come from? How is this everything so perfectly balanced? All a person has to do is look at the entire universe around them and the way that we engage with that universe to, to come to the conclusion that this isn't random. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us, knows us inside out, exactly what our needs are to the to the hundredth decimal literally to the hundredth decimal knows exactly what's necessary for us to be able to engage in this universe that we live in and then provides for each and every one of those needs in the most perfect and specific way it's absolutely phenomenal it's absolutely phenomenal all a person has to do is reflect on how this intricate play interplay is occurring then you just begin to just realize how magnificent Allah is, that He is truly Rabbul Alameen, truly the Lord of the universe. Now with that said, there's one more important feature to understand. Once you can conclude that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided what's perfect for the body and all of its needs, then it should only make sense that in the same way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created our souls. Meaning we're not just bodies. If the, okay, the body is a temporary vehicle, correct? The body is this vehicle that we pick up when we're born and we drop off when we die. Of course, we have a body and there will be a different body at another time. The body is real, but the body is a temporary vehicle that's going to be destroyed. If for this temporary vehicle... The entire universe is perfectly balanced such that every single need of this vehicle is supplied. Then what would we say of the soul, which is the essence of every person? We would say, actually, even more so, every need of the soul is also supplied. And in order to answer the needs of the soul, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent revelation. And in the same way that oxygen binds molecules in the blood or vitamins bind receptors on cells, in the same way the ayat of the Qur'an, they have power, they have energy, they bind our heart, they, they expand our chest, they guide us to goodness. Each verse of the Qur'an, and I could even say each letter of the Qur'an, each letter of the Qur'an is perfectly provided in order for our souls to be sufficed and to grow. Meaning, the same Allah who provided for every need of the body, of course provided for every need of the soul. This is our belief, that just as the world tells us that every single need is fulfilled, and the Quran demands, demands of us to think about how the animals have been created for your use, how the earth has been made as a cradle, how the sky has been made as a canopy. Notice that the earth, the sky, the animals are all being described in the context of our needs. When the earth is described as a cradle, it's a cradle for us, a cradle for civilization. 
When the sky is defined as a, or, or described as a canopy, it's a canopy over our heads. We're made the central focus of the universe. And we're being told that every single need of, your has, need of yours has been fulfilled. This should lead us to conclude, number one, Allah is Rabbul Alameen. Number two, all praise is due to Allah. But number three, in the same way that every single need of the body has been fulfilled, in the same way every single need of the soul has a resource available to it. And in order to fulfill the needs of the soul, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends messengers and revelation. Listen very carefully. Allah sends messengers and revelation. The soul is not fulfilled by eating certain foods or wearing certain clothes or living a certain lifestyle. The body is made of dirt. The body is made of this, uh, you know, these materials that we see in the world around us. And it is sustained by dirt. Like the scholars, they say, the body comes from dirt and is sustained by dirt. What does that mean? The body comes from dirt. You can tell that we're just basically, you know, $25 worth of chemicals mixed with water. And how is it sustained by dirt? The food that we eat comes from the dirt. The houses that we live in are all derived from wood and brick and things from the dirt. The clothing that we wear is derived from animals or derived from certain crops, all coming from the dirt. The body that we have comes from the dirt and everything that sustains it comes from the dirt. And the soul that we have is elevated and everything that sustains it is elevated. So what sustains it? The, messenger, the message of the messengers and the revelation that was sent to them. And in our context, the message of Rasulullah so we would say here the sunnah of Rasulullah and the revelation of the Qur'an. The Qur'an and the sunnah are food for the soul. That need that we have, it is, it is fulfilled by the Qur'an and the sunnah. Now, Interestingly, every need of the body is inherently driven. I don't need to tell any of you to eat because the body inherently demands food. All I have to do is set up a hamburger shop at the corner and people will come when they drive by because the, de the, the body is demanding food. All I have to do is set up myself as a builder of houses and people will come to me because the body, the, the body demands abode. All I have to do is open a clothing store and people will come to me because the body demands clothing. So inherently the body calls towards its needs. So too does the soul. So too does the soul. The soul has a need to be, to be enveloped by Allah's mercy, to engage with the barakah of the sunnah, to feel the power of revelation. The soul has this need. And sure, we remind ourselves at times and we have to purify our soul so that it can appreciate that need, but it inherently has that need. Now, why is that important? Number one, there's a calling inside of us. There's a calling inside of us saying, I need something. And sometimes we feel empty because that calling is going to make us feel empty in the same way that hunger makes us feel empty and we're driven to eat. The emptiness of the soul drives us to ask questions and to seek answers. And unfortunately, what we do is we make the mistake to think that the, the, the emptiness of the soul is fulfilled by the dirt. But it's not. The dirt is meant to fill the body, not the soul. So 
If the soul is empty, having better food is not going to fulfill the needs of the soul. Living in a nicer house is not going to fulfill the need of the soul. Driving a cooler car is not going to fulfill the need of the soul. Wearing a special suit is not going to fulfill the need of the soul. The fashion and style and the world that you see around you, cuisine and travel, never fulfills the need of the soul. Because you're giving the soul dirt. In the end, that's dirt. The, the soul rejects dirt, does not want dirt. It's elevated. It needs something greater and more grand. So the first issue to always remember is that we cannot feed this soul with all this material stuff. People feel a void inside, and they think they need to get more material things, but it's actually the opposite. They're just putting more dirt on that soul. So that's point number one. Point number two is that to feed this soul, we need something elevated. And what's elevated? What's elevated is the sunnah of the Prophet and the revelation that was bestowed upon his heart. So if we feel an emptiness inside, we recognize that there's a void, we want to elevate the soul, then we have to pursue those things. We have to pursue the sunnah of Rasulullah We have to follow him footstep by footstep. That attracts the love of Allah. And at the same time, we have to recognize that when we, when we engage with the wahi, we expand our chest and we feed the soul. The Qur'an is the meal. The Qur'an is the meal. Every ayah of the Qur'an, it sustains the soul in its unique way. And if perchance a person were to run from that and try, try to make dirt sustain this soul, they will be left empty. They will be left empty and they will just be left pursuing the next layer of dirt, the next layer of dirt, the next layer of dirt trying to fulfill the soul. People have emptiness inside. They pursue goods of the world. It doesn't fill them. So then they think, maybe I need to pursue sin. This looks like a really nice opportunity to go engage with this person. This looks like a really nice transaction to go engage with this person. And what does it do? It apparently looks pretty on the outside, but as soon as it's delivered, it's darker than where we were. That's the reality of sin. So what happens? We, we chase materialism, and we chase our nafs. And we're left emptier than when we began. What fulfills the soul? The sunnah, the Qur'an and the sunnah. Every engagement with the Qur'an feeds the soul. Every engagement with the masjid feeds the soul. Every engagement with the dhikr, la ilaha illallah, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, feeds the soul. Every handshake between the believers feeds the soul. Every sacrifice of the dirt feeds the soul. Not consuming the dirt, sacrificing the dirt. When I take that food that I was about to eat and give that to someone else, I've sacrificed that quote-unquote dirt and it feeds the soul because it attracts the mercy of Allah. And what feeds the soul is the barakah, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this month of Ramadan, we finally can see the picture. These 29 days of fasting where we took away the layers of dirt, spiritually and physically, Spiritually, by wiping away the sins, and physically, by disconnecting from food and drink. Now we get some sense, some semblance of actually, who am I? Okay, wait a minute. I am a body, but there's a bigger part of me. I was chasing the body. I was chasing a burger. I was chasing a coffee. I was chasing a house. I was chasing clothes. Now I see there's something bigger to me. There's something actually more essential. There's something more real. That's the soul that's inside of me that's elevated, that actually can experience something. That's what Ramadan does. 
That's what Ramadan, that's what Ramadan, it's an absolute reset. It takes all of us and picks us up despite the fact that we didn't want to go and takes us on this journey of 29 days and drops us at the doorstep of reality, resetting everyone who submits to it and enters into it. SubhanAllah, that's the beauty of Ramadan. So we, with, with clear minds and with high intentions, need to appreciate that we are a body and a soul. And the essence of who we are is the soul. And dirt will never fill the soul. Things that come from dirt will never fill the soul. Light fills the soul. Noor fills the soul. Barakah fills the soul. Sacrifice fills the soul. The love of Allah fills the soul. The Quran, the Sunnah, these things fill the soul. And this is what the messengers came to teach. They didn't come to teach how can you make a better uh, you know, rice dish. They came to teach how can you elevate the soul. And that's why the greatest blessing for mankind is the Quran and the sending of Rasulullah This is the greatest blessing for mankind because this is the essence of human beings. Without it, where would we be? That's the greatest blessing that we've been given, the Quran and the Sunnah. And we should recognize it and appreciate it and, and chase it, attain it, love it, ele- let it elevate us and we should raise it in our lives. That's the essence of this month. That's what this, that's what this whole process, 29 days of fasting, was all about. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want to starve his servants. What benefit is that? He's not trying to starve you to test you, hey, do you really get Jannah or Jahannam? No, he wants to elevate us. He wants to reset us. He wants us to appreciate and become the people that we're supposed to be. Why was this a sign? So that we would gain taqwa. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّكُونَ This is taqwa. The sense of understanding the reality of the soul. And the third point concerning the soul is to know that because the soul has its needs and because when it's not filled, it leaves a person empty and void, every single one of Allah's creation, all of mankind, has a demand inside of them that needs to be filled. Meaning, to spread this deen and to share its goodness is as easy as throwing a match on pre-soaked charcoal. You know, you buy that charcoal in the bag, it's already soaked in the lighter fluid, you don't need to do anything, you just throw the match and the whole thing burns. There's already a demand in the soul of every human being that's calling, that's feeling that void, that requires that void to be filled, and people are searching. If, perchance, if perchance, we were to become people who were models of the soul, this deen would spread like wildfire. Like wildfire. If anything has failed in the spreading of deen, it's not that we can point to others and criticize them. Oh my God, can you see how these people are? Do you see how those people are? Do you see what kind of fitna we're in? It's not their fault. It's not their fault. How can we blame them? It's our fault. We were given the gift of sense. We were guided to reality. We were given the messenger. We were given the book. If we didn't deliver the message, it's not the fault of the message, it's the fault of us. It's not the fault of the people, they never got the package. We're the delivery people. If we didn't pick up the package and deliver it to the others, how can you blame the customer? You never blame the customer, you blame the delivery people. We're the delivery people. It's our responsibility to elevate ourselves, to become the Muslims that we're supposed to be, to become the Muslims who brought us to Islam. You think that this was just free? 
That somehow we were just uh, given this as some sort of gift? No. The people that came before us, our forefathers, many people in this room, we would have been worshiping idols. We would have been worshiping idols. Where would we be if that was the case? But somebody had the sense to seek Allah, to elevate themselves, to become people of piety, and they engaged with our forefathers. And when they engaged with our forefathers, they took them away from the worship of idols. They took them away from the worship of creation. They took them away from all of these things and attracted them to something so great that today we are the children who have inherited this wealth. But it comes with responsibility. You don't just get it. We don't just, it's not just given to you as some sort of gift for all of the good that we've done. It comes with a responsibility. We bear that responsibility on our shoulders of appreciating the sacrifices of the people that came before and how they were able to bring people into the deen and elevating this deen within our lives, making sure that every single moment of our life is focused on Allah and the responsibility that all of us carry on our shoulders. I'm not saying everybody has to quit their job and go around and fulfill the needs of everyone's soul. I'm just saying that we have to appreciate that we have a responsibility. We can't be playing games, punting around food, house, uh, relationships, and all these things, trying to figure out where we are and who we are. There's no time for that. There's no time for that. We are the ambassadors of Rasulullah We've just finished one month intensive training on resetting ourselves to be those ambassadors. What does it mean? It means that we have to beg Allah, beg Allah that he allows us to live the lives that we're supposed to live. And we have to beg Allah that he keeps our hearts pure so that it emanates this goodness so that the thirst of all of mankind is satiated by the hawd of Rasulullah That's the responsibility that falls on us. Nobody's going to out there read the Quran. You could print Quran upon Quran, put it in every hotel room. Maybe a a small percentage of people will read it. They're not reading the Quran. They're going to read me and you. We're the ones that carry this message in our hearts. When they, when, if people see that we carry this message, that we bring it to life, that we're different than everybody else, when someone tells me a secret, it never leaves my mouth. When someone trusts me with something, they know they're going to get a return. When somebody's in difficulty, they can count that I'm going to ask them, hey, what's wrong? When people see this, then their soul tells them, wait a minute, pause. Remember that emptiness that we've been feeling for so long? There's something here that might be able to satiate that. And that emptiness is so strong, like I said, it's you just have to throw the match. You just have to throw the match and it will ignite those coals. The fault is not theirs. The fault is ours. The fault is ours. We were given a responsibility. We were given a gift, first and foremost. We were given a gift. And the first thing we do is we recognize the sacrifice of the people who delivered this gift to us. And then on top of that, we were given a responsibility to carry this deen the way it should be carried. Yes, we make mistakes, but we know that we were to wash those mistakes. But we have a responsibility to carry this deen the way it is, to emulate it, to model it, to emulate it in our interactions with one another, our interactions with our families, our interaction with the world around us, so that people can see the garden of the Prophet And I believe me, if there's a garden, all of the world comes to smell the roses. All of the world will come to smell the roses. The responsibility falls on us to become the true believers that we're supposed to be, And this month, subhanAllah, gives us that opportunity to reset.
So make it very clear that this soul will only grow and be elevated not by the derivatives of dirt, but instead by the great blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which arise through the Qur'an and the, through the sunnah. And if, perchance, we feel an emptiness in our lives, then we should recognize that that emptiness is because we're missing the Qur'an and the sunnah. And once we embed that, we should realize that we need to protect and preserve that so that we can spread that throughout the world so that this Qur'an and sunnah can satiate the needs of everyone's soul around us. That's the reality of Ramadan. That's the reality of Ramadan. It resets every believer back to zero. But it actually resets them back to Jannah, back to the original home. Here, you're all clean. You're forgiven. Your freedom from hellfire. Here's your Jannah. Now go do what you're supposed to do. So we must feed our souls. We must elevate our souls. We must appropriately seek, just as Allah has provided for every need of the body, He's provided for all the needs of the soul. And that's the beauty of revelation, and that's the beauty of Risala. Risala, the sending of messengers, revelation, the sending of His book. That's the, es the essential purpose of it, and that's the opportunity that lies before us. If we take this opportunity and kick aside the cans of the dunya, the derivatives of dirt, wallah, these are derivatives of dirt, in the end, they look like houses, but they're just dirt. They look like clothes, but they're just dirt. It looks like a nice chance to interact with this person who I shouldn't be interacting with, but they're just dirt. They're just dirt. If we kick aside the cans of dirt and pursue Allah and keep ourselves pure, then perchance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will use us to be able to maybe share this deen with some others. And if we share this deen with some others, maybe Rasulullah will accept us at the hold on that day. That you fulfilled the responsibility of not only bringing this deen into your own lives, but you took some burden off the people that came before and you spread and shared this to others who were in need. And isn't that who we are? I mean, didn't we learn that over and over again throughout the Zakah seminar? That we are a people who always have the upper hand? We are a people who always take from what we've been given and share with those in need. The biggest thing that we can give to anybody in need is, this, is, this, is the beauty of this deen. It's to connect people with not the worship of anything else, from themselves to things to animals to ideas, to take them out of this box of creation and to put them beyond it to worship Allah, la ilaha illallah. Laysaka mithnihi shay. There is nothing similar to him. That's the responsibility. That's what we should be delivering to the world. That's what we should be exemplifying. And subhanAllah, in this day and age, 1400 years removed from the Prophet distanced by time and distanced by space from Medina and, Medina and Mecca, how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be pleased if we just kept ourselves straight and took this responsibility on our shoulders. You know, the reason all of us are sitting like this all day and so worried about what's going to happen when we leave is because we're playing defense. Yeah, you're playing defense. Of course, everyone's going to come after you and try to take the ball. But if you play offense, then the whole game shifts. If you're out there pushing the dean forward, advancing the dean, striving in the dean, you're on offense. It's a whole different ball game. Of course, you don't have to sit and hide anymore because you're, it's, a different, it's, a, it's a different playbook. We should be on offense. We should think about how we're going to embed this deen into our lives 
And then we should think about how we can share it with every single person around us, whether that be our children, who we're actually responsible for and will be asked about on the day of judgment, or our spouses, who we're also responsible for and will be asked about on the day of judgment, or our cousins, our aunts, our uncles, who we're also responsible for and could potentially be asked about on the day of judgment, and even from beyond them, to the neighbors, to the people we engage with, to the, to the citizens that we serve, we should be exemplifying this, sharing, giving, filling this void. Instead, we've got people trying to fill this void through ice cream and shopping because they haven't been shown the example. It's not their fault. None of what's happening in the outside world is their fault. It's ours. Because we were the people who were given the revelation. We were the people who were blessed with the sunnah. We become the responsibility. We, we carry the burden of the responsibility of what's right and wrong. If we don't stand up and exemplify it, we can't point the fingers at the rest of the world. We should point the fingers at ourselves. So, subhanAllah, simple summary. Allah has created the body, and every single need of the body is present in the world around us. The body will naturally crave and demand what it needs, and it will that will cause us to seek what it needs from the outside world. But so too, Allah has created the soul. And so too, has Allah provided for every single need of the soul. And the needs of the soul are not filled by the derivatives of dirt. Those are for the body. The needs of the soul are filled by the Quran and by the Sunnah. And when we fulfill the needs of the soul, number one, we're satiated. It brings peace and contentment and happiness in our lives and lets us recognize the true nature of our creation because it connects us with, it disconnects us from dunya and connects us to Allah. And if we do so, we become the shopkeepers of this deen. And then all the people around us whose souls are also clamoring, who are also seeking, who feel a void and are looking for answers, SubhanAllah, maybe Allah uses us to be able to serve his deen. What greater gift could there be? Not, to connect only, not only to connect with Allah, but to become one who connects others with Allah. That's the opportunity. That's the opportunity. If we straighten ourselves out, that's the opportunity. There's, the, the, the world is an open playing field. There's way more people calling, meaning there's way more people in need and so few people serving today. So we should take the blessings of this month now that we see with clarity and we should understand the bigger picture. The bigger picture of what this control of the body has done to us and the fact that Ramadan allowed us to reset and completely elevate our souls. SubhanAllah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided us with such a blessing. And honestly, if you just pause for a minute and you think if this blessing wasn't there, where would we be? You know, it's not like a differential, like I would have been, maybe I would have made 150,000, but I make 100,000. That's not even like the differential that we're talking about. We're talking about maybe I would have had Tawheed versus I would have been worshiping idols. That's where we would have been. Many of us in this room would have been. Literally, our forefathers were doing that, worshiping other than Allah. We weren't that far. You know, you just have to scratch a couple generations back, a few generations back, and you just realize, whoa, wait a minute. That's where I, that was the path I was on, except that somebody came who had elevated themselves and delivered this message, causing such a major shift in trajectory that we are who we are today. So are we not in any debt? You know, like, if, somebody, if, you, if you get in a car accident and somebody pulls you from the car and then the car explodes... 
You like look up at the person, you're like, oh my God, you saved me. I am in debt to you for the rest of my life. What can I do? I'll do anything. Just tell me, you saved my life. I owe you my life. We owe the people that came before us our akhirah. Forget about life. We owe them our entire spiritual existence. We, we owe them the eternal life. So we have a responsibility to carry the weight the way they carried the weight, to take this on our shoulders, to spread this to every corner of the world, to share with each and every person who's seeking in the most loving and beautiful way. That's the challenge that faces all of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be able to see with the clarity of this month. May he make us amongst those who are able to elevate the soul. May he grant us an appreciation of the Quran and the Sunnah. And may he make us amongst those who are able to share this beautiful wealth with all those around us. Wa akhru ta'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.